0: Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Eddie Tate. For more information about this
1: podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. You okay, guys are in for a treat right now. Um, this is a good, good friend. It's a good friend of mine and a good friend of Holy Spirit. Uh, but he he's gonna share, so I'm just here to set it up. But some of you may have heard um, the testimony they shared about uh, the Bethel tour guide and um, th- th- this this gentleman right here, and he'll share. Um, but he was he was uh, an ex-green beret, ex uh, motorcycle gang member, and uh, was 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 not living for the Lord at the time that he had uh, stage four cancer. To tell him. But he came to the healing rooms when we were doing that in Redding, California. And uh, he looks like a big teddy bear now, which he is, love of God, flowing through him. Back then, he looked like a bicycle gang member <laughs> and was a lot bigger than he is now even. And uh, he told, he told the, the, the healing rooms he didn't want anyone to touch him. Until a twelve-year-old boy laid hands on him, but uh, this is Rick Larson, so he's going to share his testimony with us.
2: How you doing? Can I just hear praise, Jesus? Praise Jesus, because it's all about Him. If 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 you haven't met Him yet, you're in for a treat tonight because you're going to meet him. If you're new here, you're going to meet him, and and I only got five minutes, so I better get busy. Anyways, uh, in 2009, whoa, uh, I was was diagnosed with stage four cancer. (laughs) I had two tumors in the lower lower part of my esophagus, and uh, I was scared, and uh, the same week I was diagnosed, my oldest son was in Virginia, and he had met the Lord, and he was the only Christian I knew, and uh, I really didn't like Christians. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I'd never been to church, and anyways, the week that same week that I was diagnosed, my son called me and he said, "Hey, Dad," and I lived in Fresno, California, it was about five hours away from Reading, and and uh, anyways, I, he said, "Hey, Dad, guess what? I'm moving for God told me to move from Virginia and and come to Reading to go to school supernatural school of ministry at Bethel Church and I'm like what are you talking about (laughs) I didn't know there was such a thing and the only supernatural I knew was uh, like Chris Angel (laughs) Whoa! thank (laughs) you Jesus Uh, whoo anyways (laughs) I said son you better hurry up because I've been diagnosed with stage four cancer and I'm dying and he said hallelujah (laughs) and I said son You're the only Christian I know, and every other one of my friends don't believe in God, and every time I told them I had cancer, they said they were going to pray for me, and the one I wanted to pray for me says, hallelujah, I got cancer. (laughs) And he said, no, Dad, come to the church in Redding, California, because the pastor has declared that property to be, whoa, (laughs) cancer-free. Praise Jesus. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Oh, I'm, I'm doing my best, Jim. <laughs> Keep praying for me, Jim. And <laughs> I got three minutes. Anyway, two minutes. Anyways, uh, whew, I didn't want to go there. I, did, I, I told my son, hey, son, if this God you're talking about is real, doesn't he live in Fresno? And can't you just pray for me over the phone? And if God wants to heal me, He'll heal me here. I can't drive all five hours. I was too sick. And Anyways, my son, hey, we argued, we got off the phone, and, and my amazing wife, Diana, who's sitting right there, could everybody say hi to Diana, would you stand up for a minute? Please, stand up. Would you stand up? Thank you. She helped save my life. So she said, why don't we just go to Reading, and you can meet your two grandsons before you die. I said, wow, that's so awesome. So I called my son back up, and I told him I'd come. And we came, and, and we were in the parking lot, and I was, uh, right now I'm about 250 pounds, and at that time I'd lost... I was down to just barely 200 pounds, and it happened in three months. I lost so much weight. I was really scared. And Anyways, my son said, Dad, go in the church. I met him in the parking lot of Bethel Church, and he said, Go in there. And I said, No. And he said, Please. And I said, OK. Whew. And he jumped up and down, and he said, Dad, they're going to lay hands on you. You're going to get healed. I know God's going to touch you. This is amazing, Dad. And all I could hear him say was, They were going to lay hands on me. And I thought, if a Christian like all you all were to lay hands on me, you'd see Satan. And then you're gonna, really, the church was gonna kick my son and his family out. So that's the real reason why I said, "Don't touch me," because <laughs> I wanted to protect my family. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> on the top of my prayer request, I put, "Don't touch me." <laughs> <laughs> I turn it in. I go sit down, and this group of adults was coming in, and they would call these people out. Joaquin was in charge of the healing rooms at the time. Anyways, this, we were in this room, and groups of people would come and call out a name and take them. And all of a sudden, this little white White-haired little boy walks in, about that tall, and he goes Rick Larson. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I got stage four cancer. I need Benny Hinn. I need the pastor of this church. I didn't know who he was. Anyways, I said I need a pastor. I don't need a kid. He's probably really good at arthritis and he's probably really good at hangnails. But I got stage four cancer and I'm dying. But I sent Ted walk with him, Dad. So I walked with him, and I'm trying Joaquin. I know it's only 22 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me five minutes this time. Last time he only gave me three. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm I'm in there. This little boy, my son, my son said, Dad, go with him. So I'm walking with this little boy in the hallway, going to another room, and he stops and he looks at my paper and he turns around and he goes, Hey Rick, do you think God's gonna hear you today? And I'm like, Hey kid, not at all. No pressure. Get this done so I can go eat breakfast. I'm just doing it for my son. And he looked at me and he said, no, Rick, I've got enough faith for both of us. Come on. Praise Jesus for little boys. I looked at him, and I said, dude, that was the craziest thing I ever heard. I said, dude, how old are you? He goes, I'm 11. <laughs> Sorry, it's 11. I said, what's your name? He goes, Isaiah. And I went, wow. And so we walk in this room, and I truly believe that was a mustard seed of faith that God deposited in me that I needed for my healing. Because we got to have something. you got to have some faith, and I didn't have any Anyways, he hands my paper to a lady and he turns around and looks at me and he goes, You mind if I can I put my hand on your chest? And I'm thinking, it's just a little kid, go for it. He put his hand on my chest and I fell like this. Instantly. I laid on the floor for 45 minutes. I met Jesus down there. Can I get a come on, Jesus? Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When I when I woke up, there was a pillow under my head, and I didn't figure out how that got there. Anyways, this little boy is rubbing my chest, and he says, "How do you feel, Rick?" And I go, "You know what? My fear's gone." And, and that was the first thing, I, and, and that's the first video they did at Bethel Church of me. You can go on YouTube and look at the video and see how sick I was compared to what I look like now. Thank you, Jesus. And, anyways, <laughs> thank you. <sighs> oh. hmm. Then, <laughs> oh. then they, they took, this lady looked at me and she said, How do you feel inside, Rick? And I said, you know what? I think something's going on. And this is one of the most important things I share with people I pray for, and I see them healed today because I see many healings because Jesus just loves me, and he loves each and every one of you. And what I know today is, is they told me, Rick, never let doubt creep into your mind and start growing because it'll, 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 it can just stop the healing. I don't know if that's all biblical and everything, but it made sense to me. <laughs> And I've never doubted it from that day to this. And I've been cancer free uh, for 10 years. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Come on, if you you need a miracle in your body or just an encounter with Jesus, just stand up, put your hand on your heart. I'm going to have Rick just pray over us before we go on. uh...
2: Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this group. We thank you for being here tonight, Father God. We just ask for more of you more of our awareness of you, Father God, because you're here, and you're strong, and you're powerful, and we just, we just say anything that is not of heaven in this room has to leave right now. I don't care what it is. It's got to go right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we just declare this, this arena today to be a health-free zone. Nothing but health in this building today. And as you walk out today, may you have more encounters with the Lord. I just declare to God to activate your dreams, to show you your destiny and your identity, Father. Show this group of people who they are in your eyes, Father. Not the reflection they see in the mirror, but who you see them as, Father God. Thank you, Father, for everything you're doing to this group of people. And we just say thank you, Father. For, for Bethel Austin and all you're doing here, Father. I just call for an increase of this church right now in Jesus' mighty name. More, Lord. More, Lord. Increase, Father. Increase, Father. Let your presence just shatter anything that is not of you, Father. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And we all say, amen. Amen, amen, amen.
1: Wow, so good! Thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful and you're powerful and you're good. Uh, I love that that story goes on. Rick was um, a veteran; he's being treated at the Veterans Hospital down in Fresno, and they go back, and he is completely cancer-free. They, they can't even tell he had cancer in his body, and they were so astounded. He had he had been given weeks left to live, and then all of a sudden, it was just completely well. They were so astounded by that that they kept doing tests and calling in specialists and started flying specialists in from other parts of the country to study his case. And he got, and all his friends and family, and he got so tired of people being asked, what happened to you, Rick? Like, how are you better? What happened over and over again? he ended up making his own uh, trifold brochure (laughs) where he, he typed up his testimony in the brochure and on the back of the brochure, he had a map of how to get from Fresno, California to the healing rooms in Redding, California. And when people would ask him, what happened to you, he would hand him a trifold brochure and then it, his just so faithful that every other week uh, for, for months, he, uh, for eight months, every other weekend, he would load up a different car full of people because everyone he knew, knew he was sick and dying, and then all of a sudden, next time he shows up, he's alive and, and, and vibrant and healthy. Everyone would say, what happened to you? And he would tell them, Jesus healed me. And they would say, if he could do that for you, could he do that for me? And uh, he brought up a lady who was dying on her deathbed. He had to make a bed for her on the backseat of her, his car carry her to the car, put her in, the, he asked the doctors first, can I take, it was a, somebody that uh, lived in your apartment complex, right, and he called her doctor, said, can I do this, and the doctor said, look, she's, she's dying, we've done everything we can do, so if you think something will work, go ahead, give it a try, so he drove her up and uh, brought her into the healing rooms, and within however long an hour, she was up walking around, pushing her own wheelchair circles around the healing rooms. And um, yeah. she she drove your car, right? Let Rick <laughs> Rick let her drive his car back to Fresno. That's how much faith he has. <sighs> anyway, the story just goes on and on, but I want to introduce... Um, you know, our, our associate uh, pastor, Eddie Tate, is about to come up and share with us how many people have been strengthened, encouraged, built up in their faith, in their love for the Lord, their love for the Word through this man's life, through Eddie Tate's life. And, and, uh, and he, he loves God, he loves the Word, but I tell you that he came out of an encounter this, this evening that he, he, told, he, he told me, he said, look, I had a message He's like, but then I had an encounter that left me weeping on the floor, and I don't know what's going to happen tonight. So I just tell you, we don't know what's going to happen tonight, but we know that Jesus is going to be lifted high. Amen? So again, why don't you bless Eddie Tate as he comes to share with us tonight.
0: Just keep standing. Just stay standing. I thought I had a good message tonight. (laughs) It was on uncommon favor. It felt like God was speaking uncommon favor for this year. But then the unprecedented presence showed up. Just put your hands out in front of you. Wow. Wow. Father, I pray increase of the tangible presence of God in this place right now. I pray for our awareness to come alive and to see the unseen, God, to know the unknown, to feel that what we haven't felt before. God, I pray for those that have had an encounter to realize there's more than they've ever known possible. I pray that tonight, God, is a marked night in every one of our lives that something changed and that we can never return to what we knew, but we can only go forward in what we've been offered. Father, I pray for the Spirit of God to be manifest in this place like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat or lay down, you can float, you can, whatever you need. I'm gonna warn you right now, when I cry, I I don't, I'm not, I don't have that gift to be able to speak through my tears. When I cry, I kind of stop for a little bit. So, we'll see what happens. Told my wife I don't like crying in front of people. But it's okay. You know we have permissions to have encounters with God? See, Some of you need to know that. You have permission to have an encounter with God. Because you can't earn it. It's not something you can buy. You just have permission to have an encounter. You have permission to actually be consumed by the love of God. And I'd prepared my message, jumped in the shower, getting ready to come here. thought I'd better show up clean and help.. And just while I was showering, I had my eyes closed, water coming, and all of a sudden it got real hot, real fast. And there was light, kind of. It was brighter. And for some reason, I thought the shower had, it, like, the water had somehow, for some reason, gone real hot. And when I opened my eyes, our shower's not big enough to fit what I saw. <laughs> but when I opened my eyes, I saw a chariot of fire come right in front of me. And I could feel the heat off of it. And I audibly heard a voice say, do you see me? But I could tell the voice wasn't in the chariot. It was beyond the chariot. And so I looked up, like looked up. I'm this far from my wall. So I looked up, but I can see into heaven. And it was just a moment, but I saw the Father sitting on the throne. I saw Jesus in the exact, it was one being, but I could see all three. It was Jesus standing in the midst of several flame, like flaming lamps or flaming fires. And then I saw the Holy Spirit, which seemed like every element known, but I also saw my reflection in his presence. And then it went away and the chariot went away and I fell to the ground crying. Yeah, I was preparing a message that I knew God put on my heart, but what my heart's desire is that we get changed, that we have an encounter with Him. Like, everything we talk about up here is just to to get you closer to understanding how close He really is. Nothing I have to say is more important than a touch from His presence. And part of my message was delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, my heart's desire is that every one of us has an encounter with God that would mark us and change us forever. When I finally stopped crying and came to and I looked down where the chariot was, there were three large gold flakes on the ground. And I don't know how many of you were here a few weeks back. Some gold manifest pretty incredibly through my Bible. It started showing up in the air. And in the last several weeks, we've heard of multiple testimonies of people having gold manifest in their Bible on their hands. People are getting pregnant after eating it. If you're single, don't eat it. It'd be weird. (laughs) Sorry, I had to lighten the mood a little. Especially if you're a guy. It gets real weird at that point. But just as amazing as the Bible showing up, or the gold showing up in my Bible, was what happened the night, that night after the conference. I slid my Bible under my pillow. I told my wife, I want to sleep on this thing. It's manifesting gold. I have a missing tooth. I figured I'd wake up with a full gold tooth. And revelation of every aspect of the Bible. I thought it'd be amazing. And when I woke up, my Bible wasn't there, so I figured I'd knocked it out under my bed, and for a day and a half, I searched. my Bible just vanished. It's just gone. It was frustrating. It's awesome, because it's the awe of God, but it was frustrating. That was my Bible. Had my name on it. I preached with that Bible, my favorite Bible. I have no idea where it is. I just don't know. And I haven't had gold manifest anywhere near me since. I've heard about a lot of manifestations. And what I was, what I was processing in my heart was, God, at camp meeting, we had such an incredible display of the awe and wonder of your goodness. Like, what did it mean I don't know. Why did you do it? I don't know. But none of that matters. He did. He showed up. He manifested himself. It it put us back in a place of going, God, I'm in awe and wonder of you and what you're doing. But how many, how many people sometimes have an encounter and then you almost desire that encounter again? And I felt like God was actually showing me with those three gold flakes and I talked to Joaquin about this but the number 3 represents now 1 is a declaration 2 is bearing witness 3 is it's now see I was desiring something that was happening in an environment where we our expectancy is set for that our expectancy is set for that encounter when you show up here but our expectancy should be just as high everywhere we are, even taking a shower. I feel like God wants to release the ability for us to desire him outside of corporate or event-based encounters. and reality, the natural, the natural understanding that he's with us at all times. I also, as soon as that happened and I was able to get up out of the shower and dry off, I immediately went and I just, I opened the Bible because I was like, I know, I know there's the story about Elijah and Elisha and the chariot of fire. And I read it again. I haven't read that story for years. I just, it's not a story I go back to and read very often. And I don't know why, but I saw things in there that I hadn't seen before. How many of you have ever gone back to a scripture and all of a sudden it seems brand new again? And it was amazing. You know, Elijah followed Elijah everywhere he went. And multiple times, prophets and people were telling him, you know he's going to be taken from you. And he's like, I know, be quiet. And I, for some reason that stood out this time, like, be quiet. Why is he telling me be quiet? Because they were trying to prepare him for loss when he was focused on who he was following. And with the diligence of following him, Elijah finally says, what is it you desire? And he says, I want a double portion of your presence, of your spirit. And Elijah said, that's a hard thing to give. How many of you can give twice away of what you have? See, what he asked of Elijah wasn't possible for Elijah. But it was possible in God. How many of you know that, that Elijah was not taken up by the chariot? He was taken up by a whirlwind. I don't know why, but the first time I ever read this this way, but I saw that the chariot was actually the sign that God was about to do something. But that sign could have been the one thing that would have prevented Elijah from receiving what he was supposed to receive. When we focus on the encounter instead of the one who brings the encounter, we actually lose sight of what we're supposed to receive. And I believe that more of what we're going to receive is because we're focused on him and not what's happening. We don't ignore it. We acknowledge it because he even cried out, my father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen. Like he recognized it was there. He gave declaration to the fact that something was manifest that was not natural but he stayed true and focused on Elijah because Elijah because Elijah said if you see me when I'm taken you'll receive what you ask when we keep our eyes focused on the one in the midst of everything he's doing we actually receive the double portion of what's been offered of our heart's desire how many of you desire an encounter with God how many of you want twice as much as you ever could expect or dream or imagine Keep your eyes on him. See, what was left when the chariot left my encounter was three representations. It was a symbol. It was a testimony. But it was a declaration of what's now. But the voice that came, which is what was really important, is do you see me? And I had to take my eyes off of something to behold he who called me. And what I did is when I actually had the encounter. That's when all of heaven invaded every part of who I am. I felt something I haven't ever felt before. I actually wrestled with the idea of coming to church tonight. I just wanted to stay there. Then I realized if I can't have a normal life with encounters with God, then I'm actually setting myself to be event-driven. I need to be able to function and have encounters. They shouldn't debilitate me. They should actually empower me. I also went into Revelation when it happened that was in 2 Kings. If you want to read that story, it's an amazing story. But it's in 2 Kings 2 for Elijah and Elijah. And then I just, I wanted to read about heaven. I wanted to read about, what did I just see? I saw the, the Father sitting on the throne. I saw Jesus with fires around him. I wrote the word lamp, but I didn't realize they were lamps. But there's an aspect where it, it, it's in Revelation 1. Sorry, I'm not used to this Bible. <laughs> God and I are still having a talk about that one. Revelation 1.12. It's the vision of the Son of Man. Then I turned to see a voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. I didn't count them. It was too quick. But after thinking about it, I, I imagine there were seven flames around God when I saw, or Jesus when I saw him. And in the midst of the several lampstands, one, like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were like white wool, and white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. I believe that the gold that manifests is because heaven actually is filled with gold. I believe it's it's just an invitation for us to have another glimpse into the reality of what heaven is. We can't be surprised by these things. We should be in awe. We should be in awe. But we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be skeptical. We shouldn't doubt when God shows up in a way that doesn't make sense to us. How can we, how can we cry out for a supernatural God and when supernatural natural things happen, we say, Well, I'm not sure. Father. Thank you, Father. Hunger is an invitation for encounters. You know, hunger creates two things. It either creates an appetite or it creates frustration. How many of you have ever hungered for something and you didn't get it and you became frustrated because you didn't get it? That's all a heart position. But hunger should create an appetite for more. Hunger should be a healthy response to the tangible touch of heaven. When we get it, we should want more. It's encounters like these that, that make me question how I can be satisfied with anything outside of more of him. I will let you know that in the last three hours, my circumstances have bowed before his presence. Because nothing that I'm experiencing, opposition, doubt, nothing, matters right now see that's the beauty of his presence when we actually have an encounter with him we realize that that's what matters and that everything else does bow to those things i mean sometimes those circumstances seem pretty overwhelming sometimes they seem big sometimes they seem like work And in all of that, some of that may be a little true, but it's really insignificant when you have an encounter with the presence of God. I'm starting to see a lot of things right now in the Spirit, so God is starting to move in very unique ways right now in here. I want us to actually come into a revelation tonight, even if it's by experience. And it's that the presence of God is not just a spiritual, like, cloudy thing. It is a tangible, felt touch of heaven. And you should actually feel and encounter and engage the manifest person of the Spirit of God when he comes near. Everybody close your eyes really quick. I want us to actually allow our awareness of his presence to take over what we see right now. I just want you to begin to be aware of the presence of God walking up and being near to you. Some of you will actually feel like somebody's about to sit on your lap almost or stand right up behind you because it is a true felt presence of him. Some of you are going to keep your eyes open because you doubt everything I'm saying and that's fine. But I'm watching through the room right now in a few places that I see things happening. When you begin to feel the tangible presence of God, just lift your hands up. Thank you for that. If you came here with any sickness tonight, if you're able, I just want you to start checking your body even as we finish out tonight. I just want you to continue to check your body. I know that God is actually touching some bodies right now. Somebody with some stomach issues, your stomach issues are being touched or have already been touched, but... Just be aware of your body. be honest, I really don't know where to go tonight with this. I just know that there's more available. I don't want to make something happen that isn't supposed to. I don't want to create an environment where we're emotionally stirred. I know what's available for us right now. I'm going to tie this together a little bit. I love love the fact that our friend Rick is here. I love his testimony. I love the man. He's so fun. I love what we're about to do in a few weeks. I have not been this excited or stirred about something in a long time when it comes to outreach and evangelism. But what we're inviting you to join us on February 8th is not just a little thing. I have a feeling that Austin itself is going to go through a massive shift that weekend because when we allow the truth that we are called and carry all of the resources of heaven into our city purposed for people to have an encounter with him, how could we not expect this city to get changed? I listened to my friend Rick, and he talks about how he wanted the kid to hurry up and touch him so he could go eat. You know, thank God that he is pursuing us more than we're pursuing him. All you need is a yes. See, Rick didn't say, yes, I want to be touched, slain in the spirit. Land on a comfy pillow, which wasn't there first. See, he left out the funnest part of that story. I remember he used to tell people, when I woke up, there was a pillow, and he thought, how nice of God to let me fall down on a pillow. (laughs) His yes, you can touch me to an 11-year-old little boy who had more faith than he did radically changed that man's life and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people since. What does our yes actually equal? Our yes is an invitation to transformation inside us and all around us. What if we actually allow ourselves to have an encounter with God that changes something so drastically inside of us that we pursue his presence with everything we are, everything we have with no reserve? And then what if we partner as a group of people and take it into a city that's craving something of the supernatural? Austin is not a, is not a broken city. Austin is not a bad city. Austin is one of the most hungry cities I've ever felt. They just need to know the truth. See, we don't have people tell us we can't pray for them in the city. Why? They want something. And they're finding stuff all over. What happens when you bring them the truth? What happens when you bring them an encounter with the one who is love, who is truth, who is all things? Something's about to happen. All of the swelling, all of the prophetic words, all of the feelings that we've had coming these last several months that just something is coming. It feels like, oh, something. How many of you felt that? Like it, it's increased. something's coming that we're not quite ready for. I believe this is the first fruits of what we're going to do. But you need to have an encounter so that you can become an encounter, so that you can give away an encounter. I'm seeing God manifest on people throughout the room right now. It's pretty amazing. How many people in here need and, and hear me, need a touch of God. Your circumstances aren't that which would be better if you had it. It would be the only option if you had if you didn't have it. How many of you absolutely need a touch of God? I want you to stand. all of you that are standing, anyone that has a need for a touch of God, I want you to lift your hand in the air until you have at least one or two people standing and praying and praying with you. Now, everyone else in here, everyone else in here, you're the ones to pray. I don't want you to pray for anything in the aspect of we're not spending time and we are not going to focus on the problem or the situation. So if the situation is I have this disease, we're not looking at the disease, we're looking at him, his face. I need a miraculous breakthrough in my finances. We're not looking at the debt, we're looking at him and his face. So all I want you to do when you pray for everyone right now is I want you to speak the declarative truth that his presence is here. And I want you to pray that he is manifest over their lives and over their situation. You don't even have to know what the situation is to declare the truth that he's here and he's near. So just to begin to declare the truth of his presence, his nearness... And that he is fully aware of every situation and he's not surprised and he can take care of all things. Just begin to pray. I want everyone in here to use your voices. I want you to begin to ask God to show himself true to you right now. Begin to ask God to show his face. I want you to have an open vision as I had tonight. I want you to see the glorious beauty of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit with your eyes. So just begin to cry out for him to show himself to you. And it doesn't mean let's whisper quietly or have a good thought in our heads. It means that we utilize the power and authority given in our mouths and in our tongues to declare something and bring it into existence. Father, right now we ask for the open heavens to come. Father, we ask that we could see your face, God. Lord, I pray that your nature, your presence, that you would come closer than you've been before. God, make yourself manifest and true tonight touch us God let us hear your voice let us see your face God I want to feel the breath of your mouth Father I want to be so near to you that I feel the heat of your love I want us to stay in this place for a little bit. Like I said, I don't know where this is going, but for some reason I feel like I need to talk about this for a moment. There, There are many people that have never had a tangible, felt presence of God. They haven't had that type of encounter, the touch of God. And it's not that you're lacking, and it's not that He isn't going to. He manifests Himself different to each one of us. And comparison will kill the encounter. Comparison or looking at what someone else has with jealousy or envy will kill what he's offering to you. See, the God of thunder and lightning and shaking and rumbling is also the God of peace, the still, small voice, and the cool breeze. like i said when i came out of the shower my initial reaction was to do one thing get into the word of god and find the things that he had shown me but it works the other way as well if you are looking for an encounter with god get into the word and read until you hear his voice and when you hear his voice follow his follow his lead The Word of God should not be separated from our encounters. It should be a part of them. And we need to make sure that we, as a body of people, are not relying on someone else to tell us what the Word says, but we are in the Word, learning, listening, and becoming close in relationship with the author. There's something significant about the Word of God in these next few weeks. I'm just feeling this right now. I feel like all of us need to actually prioritize getting into the Word of God over the next few weeks. And it's not to be used as a sword against. It's to be used as a way to get close to Him who wrote. Revelation and encounters are going to come through the Word. And then revelation and encounters will draw us back to the word. Father, I release right now divine understanding, divine revelation, and encounters through your word. That as we take up the word of God, and we seek to know you more, that you would meet us there, Father. Read until you hear his voice, and when you hear his voice, follow love it when God's speaking to those who need to either have the microphone or can take the microphone. (laughs) Rick, can you come on up here? We're going to go after a few things right now, but I love this. If you have never had an encounter with God, an encounter with his presence. If you've never had any of the things that I've been talking about and it's something that your heart desires. If hearing my encounter stirs a healthy hunger inside of you, that God, I've never had that. And I'm hungry for that with you, God. I just want you to make your way up to the front. And I want you to just line yourself up in a big row across the front. Now, I, I know a lot of you are like, I've had a couple encounters, but nothing that big. No, this is for people that have never had an encounter. This, we're not done with this. So don't think this is the end of the service and this is what we're doing. If you've never had an encounter with God's presence in this way and you want to touch from God, I want you to just line up right around here, right in front of the stage, just big line no shame this should be the this should be the most see don't approach uh, let me do this don't approach this line don't approach the altar with a lacking mentality oh God I never have I hope tonight approach it with the zealous joy that you are about to have an encounter with a loving Father that loves you deeply and wants to encounter you. Come all the way across the front too if you've never had that encounter. And this is what I want. There are people in here that this is not a big surprise to you. You've had encounters, you have them regularly. Your lifestyle is riddled with encounters of God. There are us in here that have been blessed and favored, not for anything we've done. just We've just been in the right place at the right time and been open and said yes, and God's shown himself really in crazy ways. If that's you, I want you to come up and I want you to line up behind them, and all I want you to do is pray in the Spirit and just stand in a place of believing for them And if God touches them you may be the person that they land on fly over take out whatever if you're used to encounters you're not worried about what's about to happen and you don't need to lay hands on them you don't need to, you can but you don't need to this can be a time where God touches them I'm inviting my friend Rick to just go around and Just go do whatever he wants. He may spit on you. He may tackle you. He may pray for you. He may walk right by. I wanted to start with the scary ones first. None of it matters. It's not Rick that's doing it. It's not me that's doing it. It's not any one of us praying for you that's doing it. It's God himself coming close and touching you because he desires you. anybody doesn't want us to lay hands on you, I'll go get an 11-year-old. Let me know. Okay, we're we're not done. Please don't rush out of here. It's it's a little after eight, it's like 8.12. If you have kids and you need to pick them up before 8.30, go ahead and get them and bring them back in here. If you can wait till 8.30, you can wait. We're gonna pray tonight. I have a feeling that this is gonna be a night of encounters that isn't in our normal timeline. So if you came tonight with expectations of church being done at a certain time, you having plans after, just change your plans. Let the uncomfortable desire for God change what you had planned tonight. encounters comes opposition but it's the opposition that lets God be manifest and shown glory don't allow any opposition to stand in front of you and God tonight